0: Welcome to season four of Marla by the Numbers, the podcast from the International Association of Fairs and Expositions, with your host, Marla Calico, the president and CEO of the IAFE. Podcast number 31 is sponsored by ETIX. Today's guest is David Wants, and the topic is Four Ideas for Keeping Yourself Sane and Healthy During Stressful Times. Let's listen in.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Marla by the Numbers. This is a really special episode for me today. I get to speak with one of my really good friends, David Wants from Indiana, and he and I have had a chance to work together on a number of projects over the past several years. But David, for the benefit of our audience, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your job is right now in the spring of 2023?
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I will say that I did not fail retirement, but I got a D in it. Um, I am the president and CEO of the Independent Colleges of Indiana. That's an association of all 29 private schools from Notre Dame to Evansville and uh, Wabash to Paul, Butler, all the ones you may have heard of. Um, and my job there is to report to 29 college presidents. Pretty easy job. <laughs> uh, but after a career in higher ed, this is really a nice chance for me to anticipate what their needs are, and then um, be able to solve them for them.
1: That's excellent. And um, and I know we, you and I have similar roles in terms right. of managing members, you have advocacy, you have education that you right. have to take care of, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You and I got to know each other when you were in a different role in higher education, yeah. but also in, in you have some other things in your background because <laughs> after leaving higher education, you took a brief stint as the head of a security, was that? Or say well, public, actually, public <laughs> services for Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah, so, I,
0: yeah, so I was on loan um, to the city of Indianapolis for a year to be its director of public safety. And so I had uh, two thirds of the city's budget and I had 6,000 employees and I had a, a fellow who drove me around all the time. And um, it was pretty heady stuff because I'd lived on campus where I wasn't the smartest guy on campus. And I go to, to work for the city and it's like, oh, I actually do know something. Uh, but I'd started my career in uh, outside of Baltimore as a police officer and came to Indiana to teach at the Law Enforcement Academy. And I've kept my hand in law enforcement at the public policy side. And so this was a lot of fun. Um, and when I came back to a campus, I was made the accidental provost, which is Um, the keeper of the prison. Um, Basically, I was in charge of everything that the president didn't do. So it it was pretty heady stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, along the way, I know you and I got connected uh, for you to do some presentations on ethics. You taught our ethics class in the Institute of Fair Management. You've helped our association with some consulting and strategic planning, which we've greatly appreciated. Uh, But what I have found is along the way, you have a real passion for agricultural fairs. How in the world did that come about? Were you showing pigs or something as a youngster in Maryland?
0: (laughs) No, no. So I'm in Indiana, right? And I married a farm girl. And so I learned an awful lot about uh, farming uh, from her. Farming in Indiana is an industrial scale operation. Where I grew up in Harford County, it's more bucolic. It was kind of, it looked like what I grew up with a farm, you know, ramp farms and small things. So, um, I'd always wanted a, a Ford 8N tractor. And so, the guy put off and he, he started up for me and I started driving it down the driveway. And my neighbor voice says, hey, can I hop on? I said, well, sure. I don't get 10, another 10 feet. My wife jumps out in front of me, points his deadly finger at me and says, stop. You don't know tractor safety. So, here am I on my 60th birthday. I felt like I was 12, right? But she was right because… Um, the chances of, of him getting his arm caught in the lug of the tri- tire was incredible and it would have been horrible. And, you know, she'd grown up on a farm knowing about tractor accidents. So <laughs> later that night, that wasn't bad enough. Later that night, I talked to my grand, my, my father-in-law and I said, Hey, I got an 8N tractor. And he said, David, that is not a toy. So <laughs> I got it again, <laughs> but nonetheless, I drive the 8N in the, the Indiana state fair um, and everybody's nice and kind to me. And, um, yeah, so I don't know the difference between a barrow and a guilt, but I love fairs and I love, um, I love, the, I love fair folks. Just greatest folks on earth. They're the salt of
1: the earth. Absolutely, and I know you've helped a few of our fine fairs uh, with some concerns that they might have had, and and most recently one in particular, which we may refer, but. But yeah. uh, in that situation, you were asked to talk about helping a team kind of recover from the stresses of COVID. And so that brings us to our topic today. Mm, right. uh, four ideas, I think, for right. maybe if we have time, a bonus idea for yeah. keeping yourself sane and healthy during stressful times. And everyone in our fair business faces stressful times. So yeah. what's tip number one that we want to talk about? OK, um, you want me to list all four of
0: them and then go back that way or just jump into it? Just jump into it. Okay. Um, So the first one is um, you wouldn't be in the position you're in if you were not a competent person. And being competent, means that you can pretty well do anything you put your hands to, you can think in a clear way. But the problem is there's a curse attached to it. We have a very high bar for our own achievement. Um, We think, um, you know, uh, well, gosh, I don't want to fail. And somebody will say, you, you'll never fail. Well, the truth is, we have a very high standard for ourselves, and we don't want to let anybody down um, in anything we do. We're usually in the spotlight. Um, we don't like failure, and especially if we're in the spotlight, um, we realize there's an awful lot of, uh, of stuff riding on that, and a lot of people depend on us to make good decisions, um, and we don't want to let folks down. But, but the problem with that is, sometimes we take up way too much room, and we take up too much on our shoulders. And that crowds out other people from being able to take over. And it communicates to our staff um, a sense of anxiety that they can't make mistakes and they can't really try anything because they're looking at us and we've got a pretty high standard and so they don't think they can achieve it. So one of the things that we worry about when it comes to stress is that we kind of do it to ourselves with this curse of competence and allowing ourselves to be just a little incompetent. it's helpful because it reminds us that we're human and asking for help is a good thing to do.
1: So even in those situations, perhaps maybe the smallest thing, one way to demonstrate to our staff is maybe perhaps if we feel like we know the answer, it's still better to say, I need some help with this project. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it really is. Because remember, part of what we have to do is to develop the next stage of leaders. And by asking them for help, um, it. Encourage them to take over. The other thing we can do is we can model our own thinking. You know, you can, you can teach somebody how to write an alphabet by holding a pencil in their hand, but you can also model your own thinking. So you can say, you know what? I think I know what I'm, I need to do here, but I wonder if you could tell me how you would think about it. And then I'll tell you how I'm thinking about it by, by bringing folks in on your own thinking. That's a pretty intimate kind of thing to do. And it, it makes people, people feel empowered. You know, oh gosh, the boss and I are actually talking about how to solve a problem, you know? you ultimately will always have the authority to make that uh, decision. But by actually talking to folks, it, it, it brings them in and it lowers your need to always be perfect. And and is we, there, do, we, we feel like we need to be perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I kind of know that feeling. Uh, <laughs> so, so, talk to me. Uh, no, seriously, yeah. talk to all of us. So, is there one thing? So, for example, when, when I'm feeling that, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't fail or I, I'm just feeling that. Is there one self message I can tell myself or what can I do to kind of in yeah, the moment so it's, turn that that's off? A
0: really good, that's a really good question. And, and I'm going to answer it um, this way. You have to listen to your own crap detector. You, you have to know when you're, you're on the edge right? You, you have to know when you're not making good decisions. So, I mean, some of the classic ways are, you know, walk into the grocery store and you forget why you're there. You, you, you lost your house keys. You can't feel You have to read a paragraph a couple of times because you're so distracted. Um, but the best thing is to have a staff of people who can say, hey, something's going on. You're, you're not your usual self here. What's happening? And if you can, because you brought people into your thinking and you've even asked them for help, if you can get them to say, hey, we noticed something's off." That's the best thing because you're less lonely. It, it reminds you that the graveyard is full of indispensable people. And, and it reminds people that this is a team effort, right? Mm-hmm. And so by bringing folks in and letting them have the, have the courage and the intimacy to say, hey, something's not right. You're not, you're not smoking on all eight cylinders anymore. <laughs> that's a really helpful thing.
1: Good. I'm going to take that one to heart. Excellent. <laughs> well, so t- what about... Uh, Tip number two. About yeah, so, ourselves so I want to healthy. talk a little bit about good stress
0: and bad stress, right? You know, so, winning the lottery um, it seems like it would answer all of our problems, but in fact, it, it is a kind of stress because it gets us out of debt, but it's, it's a terrible thing because people start clamoring for us. And a bad stress, of course, you know, we, we know what those all are um, losing a spouse, uh, having a serious illness, those kinds of things, losing your house, losing your job, those are all the top 10s, but so is changing jobs. Uh, so it's being promoted. Those are all stressors. And the body's reaction is the same, whether it's a good stress or a bad stress. This chemical called cortisol gets injected into our bloodstream and it starts ramping us up and it can take a toll on us physically that we may not even know. And so uh, I'm going to take you all into my confidences. Um, so I'm a, I'm a, a psychologist and I, I've been a psychologist for 30 years or more. And it turns out that I had a couple of a panic attacks during COVID. Well, this is crazy. I, I'm not feeling panicky, but I thought I was having a heart attack. So twice I had to go to the emergency room and they said, no, it's just stress. Well, that's a pretty big lesson to get that um, I, I, even I, even I, who should know better, um, had an accumulation of all this stress. And part of mine was, every week, I would be on a, on a Zoom call with 29 college presidents who were as scared as they could be. And I just wound up sort of accepting that. you know. Um, and then the other thing, it, it's true that you can have back pain and you can have a joint pain, and that can all be stress-related. But it can be good or, or bad. It doesn't matter what it is. So, yeah, yeah exercise, that helps, diet, of course. But I'm going to tell you two that you may not ordinarily think about, and that would be sleep. And relationships. So the first thing about sleep is we know that if we deprive people of sleep, and by that I mean five and six hours of sleep for a long period of time, that makes them very susceptible to clinical depression and and anxiety disorders. And so just getting folks to sleep is an important piece. And that, you know, if it has to be uh, moderated by, by, by some kind of compound, you know, you can do the counter with melatonin. But really, it's sleep hygiene. It's not looking at your screen at night because that blue light tends to keep you up. And it is really giving yourself permission to sleep in on a Saturday or sleep in on a Sunday. But you may say, well, I've got so much to do on Saturday and I have to go to church on Sunday. But really, it goes back to number one, it's being it's the curse of competence. So, you've got to give yourself a little bit of room to, uh, to relax. And the other thing I would say is relationships. And that, that too goes back to that competence. Um, you have to have people at work whom you can talk to, and you have to have people elsewhere. Now, I know that fair managers probably can't talk to anybody else but fair managers and you, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a lonely kind of thing, and nobody else understands it. But at least you ought to have other fair managers to talk to, which is why your conferences, your training programs, all of those are so important because- they really helped to reunite, um, inspire, support, and educate people. Right.
1: It's exactly right. And we found that out during COVID. I felt exactly as you did, although I didn't end yeah. up in the hospital with a panic attack. But you felt the weight of all of your members, that right. how afraid they were. And right. then as fairs shut down, they were grieving. And, yeah, you right. know, we took a tip from you actually, and we began to gather people in small groups, uh, right. little Zoom meetings so that they could lean on each other. They could cry. They they could just express their grief at having to cancel their fair because you said it right. Yeah. Sometimes only another fair manager can understand what's going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, Marla, if, for, for all you fair managers that are out there, um, you care about the people that you work with. And, mm-hmm. and when they hurt, you hurt. Mm-hmm. And so part of you says, well, I've got to be strong for these folks. Maybe not. Maybe you just need to be honest with them and just keep reinforcing the fact that we will all get through this. I can't lead you through it. I'll try, but -hmm. I don't have a magic pill, but we'll Mm -hmm. all get through it. I promise you, we'll all get through it.
1: And something you just said earlier at the start Mm -hmm. of tip number two is that there's also good stress. So I'm assuming that like that pressure that we feel uh, the day before opening and opening day, we need to find ways to deal with that kind of stress as well, because it's good stress because we're excited. We're throwing a big party. And it still
0: drives our anxiety up, right? I I think the worst part of that is um, when you've had a good fair. You've had an excellent fair. You, you've broken some records. Then the anxiety is, okay, what are you going to do next year now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, ne- it seems as if stress always increases because of the job we're doing it never decreases. And so we have to, and this, this will lead into the next one, which is we've got to set some limits and, and that's okay. The, the difficulty goes back to the first one is we teach people how to behave.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, I think that's a good point. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsor real quick, and we'll come back to talking about setting limits. Over 100 fairs across North America trust eTix as their total ticketing and marketing partner. Visit hello.etix.com to learn about cashless solutions for rides and games, free custom websites, cash store management, and client support every step of the way. Hello.etix.com welcome back. And uh, David Wants is our guest today. We have worked with him at the IFE as an instructor in our IFM course on ethics. He's helped our association with strategic planning. He's helped a number of our members get through some stressful times and help find a path forward. And today we're talking about four ideas for keeping ourselves sane and healthy during stressful time. We've uh, talked about the curse of competence and how all of us in this business feel that and some tips on dealing with that. Uh, And then, Good stress and bad stress, and so we were just getting ready to lead into tip number three about how we set some limits is going to help us through this.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to do, um, especially because we don't want to let anybody down. We don't want to let ourselves down. But the 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 problem is we teach people how to treat us. Now, you know, whenever you point at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at you. So that's (laughs) happening with me too, right? But you can you can start to practice setting limits by saying I'm going to delay making phone calls and emails. Um, there are people who are really good about saying, I'll return emails at 11 a.m. and at 4 p.m. Um, that's not a bad thing to do. People, even though they can get to you right away, they don't need to get to you right away. And so I've taught my folks that if you really need me, text me. If you haven't um, gotten a hold of me, call me. But if you put something in an email, I'm not going to respond to it till I feel like cranking up my, my laptop. Um, and that's a really good thing because then they sort of measure for themselves. Is this worth a phone call or is this worth a text? Or, hey, this was complicated. I needed to write this down. Please check your email. But you got to teach people how to do that. Otherwise, they have control over your life and, and you don't. So be a little selfish. And, and what will happen is you'll start feeling anxious. Every single study in the world says nobody can multi, 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 multitest. It was in this Wall Street Journal this morning. You cannot multitask, so stop trying to do it. Um, just be, be faithful to your calendar and set those limits to find some breathers.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly hear you on that one. I know that I get anxious because if I'm away for even a day, it seems like there's 100 emails in my box and, and trying to answer it. And I know that if I, especially if I'm going to be gone for three or four days, I have got to clear a space just yeah. to deal with it.
0: Yeah. You know, Marla, here, here's another way. Um, and, and I think it was said in a jocular manner, but if somebody uh, sends you an email, that's one level of trying to get your attention. If they send it to you again, huh, that must be important. If they text you, that's more important. If they call, that's important. But if they show up, it's really important. So you can, you can almost see how long you can wait. And you can always apologize, but it, it's a good way you can practice uh, setting those limits and, and not not really high-stake stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard- and then and I guess the last one I would would be um, be curious, um, ask mm-hmm. questions, and take risks. And and mm-hmm. I, you know, this is kind of the Ted Lasso thing about being <laughs> curious. Um, it's okay not to know. It's okay to be a little less competent. And um, you know, our friend Jessica Underberg, uh, during COVID, um, <laughs> she stood in front of her staff one time. She said, "Okay, anybody else have questions that I can't answer?" And it was a pretty funny thing. But, you know, she's a pretty competent lady, too. And, and she felt frustrated. She didn't know when things would end and, and her staff was looking forward to it. But you know what the staff said? The fact that she cared enough to say, what do you want to know, is all it took. We just needed to know that we could ask, even if she didn't have an answer. It told us that she was still in charge. She was still in, um, in charge, right? Um, in, in, my, in my own life now, since, since they're in the middle of a search, for uh, a new president. My staff wants to be holding pattern. And um, I, I said, no, 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 we can't be in a holding pattern. <laughs> I'm still the president, maybe interim, but I'm still the president. Mm-hmm. And so what I've, what I've suggested to them as they, as they look forward, and this might be good for, for everybody, is to, instead of setting down a long list of all the categories of tasks that you have to do, it might be a better idea if you're a fair manager to start drawing some circles. And in that inner circle are the relationships that only you can manage. You're in charge of those, even those relationships, the governor, the mayor, the, the county commissioner, whatever. And then draw another line. And what, what can your vice presidents do? And then finally, all the way down to the people who are supervising, that'll help you understand, you know, really, I've got my hands full dealing with people at this level that nobody else can take care of. I don't need to go lower in the organization to take care of things. It'll take care of itself. And as long as you're in your lane, it'll help people to stay in their lane. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And and in that curiosity, I'm assuming even um, again, in our personal relationships with with staff or volunteers, uh, being curious about how they see a path forward, how they see a solution, how they see challenges, being curious, curious about their point of view would probably be helpful, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, you know, it does two things. First off, it takes the focus off of you. You might learn a new idea, but more than that, you build up the person you're focusing on and they feel stronger and better and more committed. And, and part of the job of a leader is to make sure that he or she has the team together together. It doesn't matter how competent you are. If you can't pull people together, you can't do the job. And so being curious about somebody else. So tell me, how did you get into this? Tell, what, what is your concern? You know, if there, have you seen another fair around it? Have they done something better than we are doing? That kind of stuff is really important, whether it's your vendors or your volunteers or your mm-hmm. staff members.
1: That's a very good point about vendors. I was just on a, a meeting uh, earlier uh, in the week and, and heard that mentioned that vendors go to a lot of different fairs. So they see a lot of different things. And so we ought to be asking them what they have seen that worked and didn't work. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, looks like we've got time for a bonus
0: oh,
1: okay. tip, a bonus good. idea so, that you wanted to share with us.
0: Yeah. So, and, and I have to give credit to, to our colleagues out at the Erie County State Fair um, because we, we, we worked this one really hard. You have to take stock. We, we all have been through a terrible two years. Um, and maybe you haven't written that down. Um, everybody's got probably a set of archives. They've got some old person around that's been around forever who remembers stuff. But we don't do a really good job of keeping the history of the fair itself. And then, as a matter of fact, their, their historical society, I think, is right there on the fairgrounds. So I suggested that maybe we do this together and let's draw a line. I gave folks a sheet of paper. Okay, here's, here's February 2020 or January 2020. And here's, here's where we are today. And what I want you to do now first is draw a line um, across the paper and above it will be things that went well and below it will be things that went poorly. And you can put them as high or low as you want. But now I want you to go back and I want you to start marking down the months of the year when certain things happened. And so, you know, they worked together on that. Well, didn't we close on? No, we didn't. Well, when was the snowstorm? And so, it, it all helps everybody come together to, uh, to get the history right. And they said, now plot the energy. Where, where was it really depleting? And what actually kind of helped you? And where do you think you are now? And that was a good way just to finally take COVID and put it into a box and say, okay, we're done with you. Well, that was the first thing. And the second thing was, go back to the beginning of your fair. And do it on a long strip of of butcher paper from the very beginning, and then start by year saying, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? And say, well, so where do you think the energy was then? And if you've had a fair around since the Civil War reconstruction, you know there was a lot of stuff that was going on that wasn't good. Or if you went through the recession of the 1880s, or if you went through the First World War, or the the pneumonia uh, pandemic that happened, um, or I'm sorry, the flu pandemic that happened um, the Second World War, the Depression, the Dust Bowl—all of that—and you can see, oh, guess what? It was just our time to go through this, and and the fair came out better and better after that, and delivered that great fair to us. So our job is just to carry it forward. Just didn't destroy us. We've been through worse stuff than this, and you know that's a really important piece because part of what carries the fair forward is is the history of all those heroes whose shoulders we stand on. So just trying to encapsulate what our experience has been and then put it into a bigger perspective was really helpful to take stock. Oh, huh. I guess I shouldn't feel sorry for myself. Or, oh gosh, this was the worst thing we've been through. And look, we made it. Whatever it is, it's a good way just to kind of get your hands around it so you're not constantly reacting to it. Because when did COVID end? I mean, even when the the CDC said, well, it's no longer an emergency, but we're still tracking deaths. Is it over yet? Well, I'm going to tell you when it's over. It's over when it ceases to take as much time as it has in my life. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is helpful? It is very helpful. And, and taking stock puts everything in a perspective. Sometimes we yeah. get caught up so much in the moment, we need it to put it in the overall yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. Well, in our final moments here, uh, four tips on, and a bonus on taking care of ourselves. <laughs> so any closing comments you might want to share for the good of the cause?
0: Yeah. I, I, I want to say this to you all as a person who has come to fairs late in life. Um, I didn't show animals. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't, didn't join 4-H and stuff like that. But what you do for our community, no one else does, especially after COVID when we couldn't see one another, we couldn't be with one another. What you, what you provide for them is just it's part of the fabric of the, of the country. And the fabric is that we are all together. As horrible as things can be, when people get together, it doesn't matter whether you're a country person or a city person, you come to the fair because it was a good thing. Um, yeah, stress is natural. It's going hap- to happen. It's going to happen. If you focus on your relations, you let people in, you give yourself permission not to be perfect. And if you... Um, try to get as much sleep and uh, be faithful to your calendar. Um, You'll be able to do the fair next year and we'll all come and visit and say, wow, isn't this great? I need to take this idea home with me.
1: That is fabulous. Well, David Wants, thank you so much for being part of it. I appreciate your friendship, especially in all that you've done to help our association, help our fairs, help me. It's been great having you on the podcast. And I'll put out a challenge to all of our listeners. If you see a picture of a beautifully restored 8N, send it to me and I'll make sure that David gets it. That's what I do when I go to fairs. I take pictures of Ford 8N tractors. She
0: does indeed. Yeah, That's right. She does indeed. Thank you, Marla. Uh, and, and and my best wishes to all of you, uh, you out there doing fair, fair expositions.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Marla by the Numbers.
0: Thank you for joining us for Marla by the Numbers, brought to you by ETix. To find out more about the IAFE and our members, please visit fairsandexpos.com
1: or our Facebook page, IAFE The Network.